Hello to everyone tuning into the Highly Optimized Podcast today. My name is Ryan Sprague, and throughout this podcast, I will be showcasing conscious leaders who are living a life beat to their own drum, sharing their stories, and revealing their valuable information for you listeners on how you can effectively take life into your own control, what steps to take to create your own path, and how to maximize your ability to lead and manifest your dreams in this reality. When it comes to the medicines that I enjoy most, nothing beats movement. For me, movement is a way I express my unique, individual experience of life. Movement is what helps me connect with other humans who are allowing the vibrations of life to sing through them. And movement is ultimately what has allowed me to see myself reflected in others and have the ability to experience the oneness that all the great consciousness teachers of the past spoke about so elegantly. Today's guest on the show is not only a returning guest who specializes in movement, but is also leading the charge in helping men rediscover the beauty and freedom associated with dance through his program, Disco for Dudes. I know for me, I had many stories running in the background of my life at one point that told me I couldn't dance, so therefore I shouldn't, and have learned firsthand just how liberating it is to be able to throw those stories to the curb and dance like my life depends on it. And much of that influence came from this free-flowing, expressive soul that I am fortunate enough to call my brother and flow. So please help me in welcoming back my man, Grant Thomas, to the show. Grant, pleasure to have you here with me, my man. Ooh, thank you, man. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Any sort of... uh you know, nervousness is immediately turned into excitement after that intro. So, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it's a ton to me that you you view my work and, and our relationship that way. And uh, I'm honored to have been an inspiration on uh, on your movement journey and your, your journey through life, man. So thanks for having me. Of course, man. You know, as someone who prides himself on being childlike, anytime I see someone bust out a hacky sack, I'm immediately intrigued, right? And you already had me. You had me at dance. You had me a lot of other things before that, Grant Thomas. But when you broke out <laughs> hacky sacks, and not only did you break out hacky sack, because I enjoy hacky sack, and I'm not the best at it, right? So like playing hacky sack when you're not that good at it is not as fun as watching people who are gangster at hacky sack play hacky sack i mean people that can like shoot their leg up behind them and get one and it's like did your eyes even see that dude like for me it was love at first sight with you my man you know and i say that jokingly but also really authentically because we met and i you know i mentioned this in the outro but i'll give you guys a spoiler alert but you know we met in hlc1 with paul check back in san diego and if the universe had told me like what i what the adventure we would have gone on up until this point had been after that, I would have been like, that's interesting. That sounds epic as hell. And so like, it was so funny because in that class, Doug Pillar was there. Uh, my buddy Dean, who goes to Ice and Iron now all the time. It's just so funny, like both the Menards and then also uh, Steve Panico, all in that course, mm-hmm. right? And now all of you guys I chat with on a very frequent basis. And so it's been amazing to you know grow with you on this journey. And to see you blossom and to see you express yourself in so many different ways. And I'd love if you could, you know, bring us up to date on what's been happening over the last year. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, the pandemic was still in full swing, so that didn't really change. But, you know, you invented Disco for Dudes. You got much more into dance. You started breaking out the hacky sack and owning that. Like, how did you get to that point? Like, were there things that you broke through in terms of, like, how people saw you or how you viewed yourself that allowed you to access that inner child creativity and just let it rip. I'm curious what went on there and how you came to the things you're doing right now. Yeah, man. Happy to share the the journey over the last the last year. And you know, the last time we talked, I was under the uh, the name Oddball Fitness, and uh, very much grateful for that that journey with uh, with that business name, with that identity, because it certainly gave me permission to expand my horizons. Uh, mm-hmm. When it came to movement, when it came to mentality, and uh, and really how I saw myself and how others saw myself, but I started to see some stuff towards the the end of uh, last year, and and we'll we'll tie this into the seasons here, mm-hmm. right? So I started to recognize that one, I didn't really view the stuff that I was doing as oddball, so there was some inaccuracy in the name there. And I, I was struggling with the identity of that name. And, and I also noticed that I was potentially alienating myself and alienating other people by looking at myself as an oddball. Hey, I'm different. Right. And really 
when I look at things from today, well, I'm my best when I'm connected with myself, connected with others and able to, uh, let's see, connect other people to new ways of doing things or new ways of being or new ways of thinking um, and uh, and essentially being a bridge. I, I very much like, you know, uh, look at myself and I'm like, man, there's so many things that I just identify with the the normal average American dude. And I, with that identity, I've been able to really see what's possible in my own journey, in my own experience. And so there is that oddball perspective. So uh, in January, I dropped that name. Uh, mm. I said, screw it. I don't feel connected to the name. I feel I'm I'm alienating myself. I'm living into an identity that is like, uh, I'm an outcast. I'm different. I'm a lone wolf. And the other thing when it came to my business was I felt I was attracting very you know, it was good. I was attracting people that were more interested in my niche, right? But I recognize that people just want to get better. And I felt that there was maybe a barrier there for them uh, to work with me because they're like, oh, it's just going to make me do a bunch of weird shit. <laughs> and while that's true, right, I don't have to like project that onto them from the get go, mm. right? Yeah. So I let in winter, right? Keeping it with the seasons, I let uh, that identity die, and and with that, it was uh, it was a challenge for sure. But I was ready for it. I was ready to let that go, strip a lot of the complicated aspects of of what I saw for my vision, and just simplify and distill it down to what does Grant want. What do I want in in this very moment? What are my desires? Uh, you know, in terms of skills, and we can go into this specific thing because I know you and I uh, very much are on this on this journey here. But what do I want in terms of my skill set, and what do I want in terms of my beliefs? Mm. And so I let go of the business aspect completely. And in December, I lost three clients, not because of this thing, right? But I just lost three clients, and I was right about to embark on a road trip a road trip that I thought was going to be three months, January through the end of March. And I'm just like, oh shit, how am I going to make this work? I just lost three clients. But I stripped away the identity. I honestly got rid of so much structure in my business, which for my journey, it was necessary. Uh, <laughs> and and immediately got three more clients. Hell yes. <laughs> so I'm like week week one or two on my road trip, down in San Diego, staying with Doug Pillar. Yeah. And, and I see, you know, three more clients roll in and I'm like, holy shit. Okay. So I was like, you know, very much okay with just letting go all with all that stuff because I immediately saw a return and yeah, you know, just started to explore deeper levels of the things that I was already interested in. So very much have identified as a, a dancer and a groover and a mover and found myself continuing to blossom with that, with particular practices in terms of locomotion, let's say rope flow, hacky sack was starting to come back into the fold, but that really started to take course a little bit later this year. And then, yeah, just um, a lot of dance and a lot of things feeling into the fascial lines of the body and and just exploring that for me. And um, yeah, so I started to just really shed the identity of who I was and started to live into this, uh, this new me and was grateful or super, super lucky to uh, be put in positions where I have friends like Doug, where I stayed with him for like 10 days. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I hit the road, went to Joshua tree and just like, filmed a bunch of stuff at this Airbnb for this mm. program that I was running for, you know, five people and just, you know, had a great time out there. It snowed, moved around out in the snow and went on some amazing hikes in, in Joshua tree, just scaling rocks and just trusting my body and really connecting with the experience of being in my body and, and, and also being in the present moment. 
Right. Mm. So from there, I, I went to Pismo beach and stayed with my buddy, Sean, who, I mean, the first time I met Sean, it was like, holy shit, this guy's eyes look like some crazy spiritual teacher's <laughs> eyes. Right? So, and I, I told it, I told him that. And so we, we can save, we can save one of the stories about Sean for the other podcast. Mm. Uh, Cause I, I feel he really, he provided so much perspective on let's say entheogens and substances and, and experience. And so I'd love to save that for that, but he put a bed platform in my car. And, and he's like, yeah, I just want to do this project. You buy the materials. I'll, I'll, you know, spend a weekend here. And I remember there was just like, just, I know I'm rambling here, but it's really good stuff in terms of all the characters I ran into. And yeah, Sean, like was like, we had dinner one night and it was like 10 o'clock and, and he's like, Hey, do you want to, do you want to smoke a bowl and just go out and do some heavy squats? And I was like, yeah, okay. and. I don't, I can't tell you the last time I did heavy squats, (laughs) (laughs) So, but very much on this connection kick and, and feeling my body and connecting with the practice, whatever it may be. And so, you know, we start off with like 165 on the bar and like go down and it feels okay. Right. But my breathing's kind of weird and, and all of this, and I rack the bar and we're just take like, it's the moon's out. Uh, his squat rocks outside in his front yard and and like we're just like you know you can hear the waves and and it's just awesome and we're like we're like talking about it you know hey how did that set go like it was like it was like really intentional and and meditative in a way and so i was like dude my breath was like super weird i can't tell you like the moment i got under the bar all the stuff we talked about just went out the door i was Mm. seizing up all this right we talk through it, all this, start working our way up to like 185, 205. And, and, you know, I uh, just started to get a really good feel for it. My, my intention of breathing through the exercise, feeling the exercise, connecting with the weight, it didn't matter that it was a barbell, something that like oddball fitness would have been like, fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> too structured. Yeah, too structured. <laughs> bilateral, too much bilateral behavior, <laughs> right? Too much singular, singular plane, like all this, <laughs> like, you know, and so it, that was just such an amazing experience. And I just like spent three days with him. That was the second time I had spent time with him. And I was just like, wow, an incredible example of a human and uh and also just so receptive as well we both just really gained so much value from those three days and uh from there i spent a little time in the bay area with my family and made a pit stop there and um my plan was to go up to portland oregon to uh visit my buddy scott and i was going to stay along the California and Oregon coast, like stay two nights uh, in my car. And I was super excited about it. So I drive up the the first nice night and I end up like stopping right outside of like Humboldt area and finding a, a trailer park and just got like a $5 spot and spent the night there. And I didn't sleep a wink. I was so excited. <laughs> I was so excited. I And also I didn't really plan out the the bed platform and how much padding I may need, but you know, I was excited all this. Like, and so I was like, okay, I was like super sleep deprived. And I ended up, you know, going to this town on the coast. I forget the name of the town, but it was like, you know, going to drive up to Oregon that day. And I got a text from my buddy and he was like, Hey, there's a massive snowstorm here. And like, this town is completely shut down. Like if, if you try to get here, then, you know, good luck. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'm super sleep deprived. I want to go to the lost coast, which is like right along Humboldt there, just some really gnarly coast and uh, some really trippy stuff out there. So I was like, I want to go out there. So I was like super sleep deprived. Uh, I remember walking out there, it started to dump rain and I'm in my raincoat and I'm getting real cold. And I had brought one of my ropes with me. And so like when I got really cold, I just started to roll the rope and warmed up my body and felt really good. And just had like an amazing three hours out there. Again, like sleep deprived. No, like maybe slept a half an hour. 
night mm. before. Right. And I just like connected so much with the surroundings. Like there were so many waves crashing at all at once. Like when you saw one wave crash, you couldn't tell from the sound that the wave crashed. There was so much just violent behavior, so much energy. And I just started to pull stuff, just really feeling into, you know, the very basic Tai Chi practice that I had embodied over the past few years and just started to play out there and had just a blast. And another moment of just like incredible connection to myself, to the environment. And it was just one of those moments of like, why have I been alienating myself? Why have I been pigeonholing myself? Right. Mm. So I get back in my car. I had booked an Airbnb because I'm like, I'm going to need to sleep yeah. you know, after spending three hours on the <laughs> beach here. And then I'll drive up and figure it out. And I get a message from the Airbnb host. She's like, I was supposed to be, I was supposed to be on uh, sleep or like whatever. Like I, my listing wasn't supposed to be up. Both my kids are sick. I can't do it. I'm like, okay, great. So I'm like looking at the map and I had talked with Veronica who uh, plays a big part in this story as well. Yes. <laughs> um, and I was like, maybe I can like stop by. I knew she was in Selma, Oregon, which is like Southern Oregon. I was like, maybe I can stop by for like an afternoon or a day on the way up to Portland. And I sent her a text and uh, I didn't hear back from her. And I was just like, oh, man, I got like no places to stay. It was honestly like a three hour drive. But the coastal highway, there was a rock slide, so it got mm. blocked off. So I'm looking at the map. I'm like, I could stay in Redding, which is like four hours away, and it's a pretty shitty, windy drive. Or I could just try to go to Selma, and it's like six and a half hours. And if I don't hear from her, I'll find a trailer park, whatever. So I end up taking this like insane drive through the middle of California, like just big, big nature, big rocks, big rivers, all this. And it's like 120 miles. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to breeze through this. Why is it six and a half hours? But it's just hairpin after hairpin after hairpin, right? So again, like no sleep, all this, but I'm like alive. Yeah. I'm really feeling it, right? And so I make it through the drive. I get to highway five and then I immediately get a call from Veronica because I didn't have signal the whole time. And she's like, hey, my internet went down. I don't have signal at my spot here. I thought I'd just call you. I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm like an hour and a half away from Selma. Uh, I don't, I, I can stay somewhere else, but like, uh, is it cool if I stay? And she was like, well, I had some friends that just left. Yeah, sure, you can stay. I sense like a lot of hesitancy yeah. in her voice. And she, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, I asked. She said yes, so I show up and and. Um, you know, she feeds me some ribs that her friend made the night before. And, and we just chat. It's like an amazing time. I get a shower in, we watch a movie. Uh, I finally fall asleep during the movie. Surprise, surprise. And I end up spending just like an amazing week in Selma with her. Uh, I was going to drive up to Portland, <clears throat> but the weather was really bad. And we were both going to Lance's birthday, right? Yes. So I spent this amazing week with her in Selma. And, um, you know, I definitely felt really connected with her, but it was all friendly and ended up going up to to Washington for Lance's birthday after a, a, a heavy week of connection with her and just like connecting with her. Uh, really, like I would say that week was when it was like I'm playing footbag every single day. Yeah, yeah. That that week was was the week I was kind of doing it here and there, but that was the week where I was like, let's do it. Right. So. So go up, we're in, uh, we're in Washington. The connection continues, not, not just with her, but with just the amazing group of people that was up there. And, uh, you know, over that weekend, we, we uh, connected in a romantic way and, and that started a relationship that is rode uh, throughout this whole summer and now into fall. And, and so, you know, yeah, I mean, I was able to, she was, she was, uh, doing follow spring north right which was this road trip with a, a group of amazing coaches many of of which uh you know mm -hmm. and 
And so like I got thrown into that mix because we were an item and uh, been on, was on the road all summer, uh, all spring and summer. So Utah, uh, back through California, then um, spent some time in, in Shasta and, and Dunsmuir, where Dunsmuir is a whole nother story. Uh, but I grew up going fishing there with my my dad and my brother we used to drive up there from the bay area and like this when we were there for a week just the amount of nostalgia that i was feeling was insane so just very much just by completely blowing the rails off of the identity that i had and then going on this road trip really being with myself being with other people very uh encouraging accepting people saw so many things uh, materialize along this journey and Utah was really, I know I'm bouncing around here, but Utah no, was really where the dance stuff started to make sense. Like I was putting together some stuff for a program that Jared Davis was taking me through in the alignment amplifier. And he's like, Hey, people want dance. And I was like, yeah, dance cool. Like not my thing. Like it's something I do for me, but I'm, I'm not a dance coach, whatever. <laughs> like, dude, I, I think you need to do this. And so I was like, okay. So I did it and I basically just put, put together this rhythmic movement program for that and started to see some stuff materialize. Like, and I was like, okay, what do I want to do with this? So that ended in Utah. And I was just like getting these messages from people that had taken my classes during that, that course from men. And they were just like really impactful. Like not, not only did they feel significant wins but i was feeling them big time too that i mm-hmm. felt incredibly rewarded or uh, just fulfilled from from um receiving that stuff from them and i was like i want to work with men and i want to work with men on this dance thing because like it's been a journey for me happy to talk about my relationship with dance but it's it's been a, a big journey for me and continues to be and mm-hmm. i i just see this ongoing peeling back of, of the layers of, uh, let's say conditioning and doing it through action, doing it Mm -hmm. through dance. And the big thing when it comes to men is that are, that are struggling, right. Is they're creating all this structure up here and, and creating how, you know, like essentially making assumptions or like creating stories and all this. And there's so much creation energy there, but it gets stuck up in the head and they're not doing anything about it. Mm. How do they, how do we get these people into their bodies? How do we get these men into their bodies? For me, it was, it was really listening to music and allowing that to flow through me and, and seeing that experience for myself, where it was something that I would have to get hammered drunk for when I was in college and in my early twenties and, you know, to just be able to, express myself that way in a very diminished form of expression Mm. or energy, at least I was like, shit, this is the Avenue right here. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this dance thing for men. Mm. And so, yeah, that's how that shit started. Spent some time, you know, on the road again, just going through that, spent some time in Bend, Oregon, spent a little bit more time in Selma went up into uh, Washington for like three weeks, spent some time in, in Montana, went out to Minnesota for a wedding, spent a, <laughs> uh, uh, four days in a tiny home in Amish country in Wisconsin, and then hit uh, Chicago for a house music festival before ending up here in Denver, where uh, my now girlfriend, my now partner, Veronica, is uh, renovating a house to sell. So we get a place to stay for two months here and uh yeah man so i'm i'm somewhat grounded physically for a couple of months <laughs> as we've talked about but yeah very much been on the road for for a good amount of time and i think that about sums up this year <laughs> dude what is up ladies and gentlemen I wanted to stop by while I had your ear and share a very special announcement with you. You may have heard people say that we are facing an epidemic of loneliness in the world right now. We believe that this is only half of the story and that the real epidemic and the root of feeling loneliness is a lack of connection. 
Do you want to connect to more purpose and passion with the important work you are doing? Do you wish you had closer friendships with people who understand you, listen to you, and are truly present with you? Are you wishing you and your partner could move deeper into love together? The connection in all of these areas comes down to the one most important element of connection, the ability to connect with yourself. If you are ready to see change in your life, if you are ready to feel differently when you wake up in the morning, if you are ready to step into the life you envision for yourself, the first and only route to making these changes is settling in, quieting down, and being able to connect to yourself. Now, this can be a major challenge in today's world with media, culture, and other energies that pull us out of our ability to connect. When you've tried fitness, meditation, and other self-development practices, and still find yourself feeling alone and lacking connection, you may be feeling out of options and wondering if you'll ever be able to tap into your full potential that you know deep down is possible in your life. What we have found in working with our clients is that plant medicines, and cannabis in particular, can guide us in having the experience of what true connection looks and feels like. In this way, cannabis can act as a rite of passage for connection and a gateway toward the spouse, tribe, mission, and life you know you are ready for. Now the pitfall here is that many people become codependent on the medicines, such as cannabis, and expect the medicine to do the work for them. If this continues, what will happen is the user will find themselves reaching for more and more cannabis to feel connection, without taking ownership of their role in the outcome of their experience, and thus, they will fall into repeating the same painful patterns. As Zen Buddhism teaches, how you do anything is how you do everything. Therefore, if this painful pattern is showing up in your relationship with cannabis, it is likely a reflection of the same patterns you're experiencing in your friendships, romantic relationships, business, and your relationship with yourself. Learning to work with cannabis effectively will supercharge your experience and will help you get the result you are actually seeking, which is connection. We created a program to support seekers and high achievers like you in doing exactly this. To learn how to work with the healing power of cannabis to connect you back to yourself so you can unlock purpose, passion, and creativity in all areas of your life. What this program will give you is the long-lost user manual for cannabis. This user manual will teach you how to connect with cannabis correctly so that the plant can act as your spiritual aid and ally in life, just as our ancestors understood and practiced. If you're ready to unlock the full power of cannabis, meet like-minded people on the same path as you, build more purpose into your life, and have the most fun doing homework you've ever had, this message is for you. To learn more and qualify for your spot in the program, hop over to our Instagram profile at highly.optimized and book a discovery call. The conscious cannabis revolution is here. Will you be joining us? Sending all of you love. Enjoy the rest of the show. Well, I mean, you know, it's amazing because, you know, I got to see you like Atlanta's party, you know, so I got to have little pit stops of Grant along this journey and getting to hear the full story from the horse's mouth, as they say, right, is is so fun because over the last year and a half, I spent most of it traveling also. And, you know, travel can be looked at a lot of different ways. It is chaotic, right? It can be taxing. It can be all these things. And it taught me so much about myself. Like it's, I mean, unreal. And I know that it taught you a lot about yourself as well. And also it allows you to throw that structure to the wind and become comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Like I am a prima donna when it comes to like, I want my bed. I mean, I'm six, five, you know, so like I don't fit on most beds to begin (laughs) with. So like, I'm like, I got to have at least a queen. It's got to be like, I'm something that I can lay on, you know, like I have my things. Right. And for a lot of time, I thought those things like helped me have a better experience of life and to a certain degree they do. And what I realized in traveling was when I was able to throw that to the wind and go, Hey, I'm going to have a great time regardless. And just go to Mexico for six, six weeks. I mean, go to Oregon three times, San Diego five times now in the last year and a half, like, you know, uh, Colorado, Austin, Virginia, New York, like just every Maine. I mean, just everywhere and, and trust that I had what I needed. It helped me so much in my business because now if something goes quote unquote wrong, it's just like, oh, there must be a better way to do it, right? Like it's no longer a challenge in the way that it was before where it would stop me in my tracks. And 
One of the things you mentioned that I want to hop on to is, you know, this whole idea of like identity shifting, right? And, and it's something that, you know, they say the only constant in life is change, right? So if that is true, then ultimately we are going to be shifting identities and really our identity is a little bit different every single day, right? Like today I identified as someone who uh, is doing podcasts and was doing a more mobility workout, right? Just to throw two random things out there. Tomorrow, I might identify as someone who's more of doing heavy lifting and more of like a um, a free mover, you know, in terms of the day, like not doing podcasts, et cetera. So, you know, I'm curious for you, like, how do you feel movement and why do you feel movement? Because I feel that you will. Why do you feel movement is so essential to being able to help you shift identities, right? Because think about it, like we're coaches, right? And yet when we get on the dance floor, we can let a lot of that identity go to become a free flowing human. And then when that dance is over, we can then identity shift back into, you know, a boyfriend, right? Or someone who's a comedian, right? And it's going to make people laugh sitting around a fire, not moving, right? So, you know, for me, movement has helped me in this identity alchemy game. And I'm curious for you in working with clients doing this and in your own journey, you know, how has movement allowed you to become more comfortable with the idea of identity alchemy and identity shifting? Yeah, yeah. The the shapeshifter, I think yes. is a good place to start for movement, <laughs> right? Because um, one of the things that has been really powerful in terms of movement practice for me and movement play is shapes. And for a long time, the shape was like, how does it look in the mirror? And of course, that information is is valuable, right? But the embodiment, right? So we can look in the identity of something. I can I can dress a certain way and and look the identity of somebody, right? But am I really embodying that identity? And that really comes to like the feeling of the shape. So you brought up something, you know, today where you did more mobility stuff, and and with that you could feel into the shapes of your joints and how the joints are moving in in their sockets or how the joints are moving through space and 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 really uh feeling feeling those shapes right uh there's some shapes that the body really likes it's uh really circles and figure eights and then there's going to be some more pyramid stuff in there as well uh triangles and 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 points of leverage like that but really fears and figure eights or or really a great way for your body to feel those shapes, right? Mm. So if someone is moving in a particular way every single day, um, and let's say not breaking that mold, well, they're very much living into that one particular identity. And so to be able to use movement from, okay, changing modalities or changing shapes or changing levels of intensity to feel into new identities is amazing. And then to take it a step further, this is where movement really starts to become more of a spiritual practice is where you're feeling more of the emotion and how you can be a shapeshifter in that sense and or, or an archetype too. Right. So I would say a lot of this particular archetypal movement stuff I'm talking about comes from Gabrielle Roth of the five rhythms which very cool structured program for flow of movement. And um, I, I'm on the last chapter of her book, wet your prayers. Mm. So with this, it takes one through the archetypes essentially becoming a shapeshifter. Shapeshifter is one of the archetypes in there, right? right? But that process of being able to bounce around from different emotions and different archetypes is really powerful. And to give you a few here, right? Uh, simply from mother and father perspective or, or masculine and feminine perspective more so is you have the mother, the mistress, and the Madonna, right? So mother has a certain energy to it, very much caring and loving and all that. Mistress is sexy, promiscuous, risk taker, right? Madonna is more so like all knowing and, and the embodiment of the feminine energy. And then on the masculine side, the archetypes she presents are father, son, Holy Spirit. Once mm. again, father providing structure, supporting oneself right son is the rebellious badass 
somebody that's again got a lot of fire and maybe taking some risks youthful right youthful absolutely ignorant stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> those, those words right there oh oh no stupid <laughs> ignorant ah like part of the human experience yes you know and then the last one holy spirit again more more of the counterpart to the madonna right there so you know that that calm fatherly energy the presence and uh and the knowing right so in terms of shifting identities through movement right we can obviously look at modalities and i know that's where a lot of people start their journey right they are doing one particular thing that probably is very repetitive in particular ranges of motion particular planes of motion and they recognize hey there's this is limiting i want to shift my shape i want to change my identity when it comes to movement right that was me for sure and okay now i'm using kettlebells and i'm using the mace and i'm using different band systems and and i'm doing animal flow and then one starts to identify themselves with those particular modalities right it's part of the process i'm sharing this because you you may be able to leap that step out there if you're listening <laughs> right start to identify with these modalities and then you know all of a sudden you recognize oh these aren't my this isn't my identity this is i'm i'm taking somebody else's identity i'm i'm not formulating my own beliefs i'm i'm literally just got grabbing somebody else's beliefs right and so i would say really that's where i come in as a a movement expert mm. right <laughs> there there are better movers than me guarantee better movers i'm embodied when it comes to this stuff though I have gone through that process from age 19, where I barely could move my spine, 198 pounds of, of useless muscle. <laughs> that shape sucked. That identity <laughs> sucked. That was an identity of being in pain. I'm really grateful for that though, because that led me to the next stage of going through functional fitness and yoga and, and reestablishing some mobility in my body and, and, you know, for years, I wanted to be a yoga teacher, right? Even like after I had found some other stuff that was similar to yoga, I was like, oh no, but yoga, I want I want to have that label. I want to yeah. have that identity, right? I want to go through the 200 hours. I want to go through the 500 hours. I want to go meditate in Nepal. Mm. <laughs> I want to do all this stuff, right? And that's a path that's great. Do it if it's really calling you, right? If it's, you know, if that's what, what you want, then great. Uh, yet I was like, huh, okay. I, I'm attaching myself to this idea that's outside of myself mm. going through that process. Again, very grateful for all the modalities that, that took me there. But as a movement expert, what I work with people on, I've sure I'll help you with your movement patterns. I'll give you workouts to do. Sure. But it's all up here. How do I become the shapeshifter? How do I become the artist with my movement, making my own art? Mm. Stuff that that lights me on fire, that gets my energy going. I don't know if you saw my story on Instagram yesterday. I woke up with shit energy yesterday. (laughs) And I knew it. I was like, you know what? This sucks. Like, and I would say for the first time in a while, I caught myself so early on in that process of like, yeah, you know what? Things are going to suck sometimes. It's not going to be all roses. And I was really grateful for the pain and discomfort I was feeling for uh, that morning. And, you know, came out here, did some postural work, did some breathing. And I wrote down that I was going to dance every day this week and that I was going to play footbag every day this week. And I ended up dancing for like an hour and a half and I capped it off with some footbag and then I stretched and my energy was like fucking lit after that. And I, I went on the story and I just started to talk and it was like, whoa, what the fuck? Right. So talk about shape shifting, talk about changing the identity throughout mm. the day right there. And yeah, I used particular modalities to get there, right? But it was really about connecting with that experience, connecting with myself, 
asking myself, hey, what do I need today? Rather than being like, oh, my energy is shit, but I want to get it to here. So let me just do shit that meets it here. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it's get it up there, right? It's a it's a practice of cultivation. So that's again the process that I take, you know, I work with all people, but it's really been men that I've been, uh, that have been attracted to this type of work. And, and, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of that stuff one-on-one with them and they got this mess of modalities and what movement is and all this shit up in their head. And it's like, Hey dude, let's, let's go in there. Let's figure out what you want. And I guarantee you, Shit's just going to fall into place <laughs> once you figure this shit out up here, because you and I both know going back to the, the skills and the beliefs, right? Skills are easy to learn in comparison to uh, letting go of beliefs and then figuring, you know, finding what one truly believes or what one truly wants to embody. And uh, to go back to the identity stuff and what you said, it can be different every day and it will be different every day. I very much have been living into the idea of my identity is my vision. Mm. So this goes into a lot of the manifestation shit and, Mm -hmm. and seeing your future self and, you know, having the feeling as if it were already done. Well, if I know that I'm a, an amazing dancer, even if I'm not quite there yet, but I'm (laughs) cultivating that vision and that's what i'm identifying with well shit i'm gonna get there absolutely i'm gonna get there (laughs) so yeah again i don't know how many questions we're gonna get through here because i'm just rambling this is amazing man (laughs) this is exactly what we dude this is exactly what we want you know like i love it more than anything when someone's so fired up about their life that they get inspired to talk about it right like what I heard and what came through for me when I heard movement expert, right? Because like you were saying, like, yeah, you could think of movement expert as like someone who knows modalities or someone that can teach you certain skills, right? But what is the real idea of a movement expert? It's someone who can actually break you out of the confines of what your movement has been. That's what makes you a movement expert, in my opinion, right? It's it's how, it's how It's your skill in being able to take people and shatter their paradigm not in a negative way, but, but in a positive way, because when you are able to do that, they're then able to tap into their unique ability to do whatever type of dance they want. And that's what I believe you were talking about when you were saying like, it'll end up exactly as it should. You just have to get all those beliefs out of the way that tell you, you can't move that way. What if it doesn't look good in the mirror? What if, you know, people think you suck. It's like, first of all, all of that stuff might actually happen. Right. But does any of that, like, directly take away your ability to enjoy what you're doing? No. Only if you give those people your power and think that they have any room for them to empower you or disempower you rather, you know? And so that for me is so important is realizing like, yeah, a movement expert is actually like a movement alchemist. You know, it's it like you're able to go in there and actually do some under the knife like work on what's stopping them from just expressing uniquely. I mean, it's such a human thing to be able to dance and really like movement is simply moving energy in one way or another, right? It's allowing the energy that's in you to express. And what came through for me too, is you were talking about how you had that shit energy, you moved through it like quite figuratively and literally, and Mm -hmm. and you felt better on the other side. Right. And what I was thinking is like, in terms of manifestation, imagine if you could come up with some type of dance and maybe you already do this. Maybe I'm just reading your mind right now or something, but, but imagine if like, because we know about sigils, right? Do you know about sigils and how, like what a sigil is? It's basically a symbol, right? That could mean something. So like, say Mm -hmm. if you have, I am brave and then you create a symbol around it. Well, the brain actually and the mind actually work better off symbols. So if you can, like the next step to saying an affirmation is actually like, having a symbol in your mind when you meditate and yada, yada. Right. So imagine mm-hmm. if you came up with like the strong dance, right? So like a dance that you do when you need strength, right. Then a dance for relaxation, right. And you had all these different, you know, types of dances you could call on. And basically they're representing a movement pattern that equals a symbol, which then reflects, Oh, I'm now strong. Right. So you're dancing through this certain type of dance, or maybe this certain style of dance where it's more empowering. Maybe it's like hitting the ground harder and doing whatever. 
And through that, you're able to create your own imagery that resembles and and correlates to being strong or relaxing or being loving or being creative. That was something that completely just got down to me. That was like, that is so cool. And I feel like that's probably what people are doing anyway without knowing it, right? But it's just being conscious of it, right? Becoming conscious of like, oh, I can actually make this pattern mean a certain thing and tell a story with my dance. That's amazing. Ooh, I love where you're going with this, you know, so a lot of the, uh, let's say, sigil or language or uh, archetype stuff that we've been talking about here, emotions, very much like to get energy moving, right? Let's say that's really dormant, right? But what you're talking about here is is another level of that, which I, right. I really appreciate this. You know, this is some awesome collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> Co-creation. I'm going to cherry, I'm I'm cherry pick this shit, bro. Here go um, for it, my man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, when people talk about the, uh, you know, the particular postures and all that. And, and um, I very much uh, identify with what you're saying in terms of... Uh, taking things to a level of language that, that transcends words. Right. Mm. And so uh, that's again, what I'm talking about emotions, right. That's, that's, that's some real deep communication there. Symbols, right. Uh, If you can visualize something, there's a lot more power in that. It says a lot more than just like a series of words. Like let's say if, if there's a, a properly designed logo, properly right but a well-designed logo that will tell you so much about what the brand is or what what the program is or whatever it may be because it's 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 got the essence of of all let's say the the brainstorming and the branding and marketing word stuff that has 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 culminated there and, and just putting it all together in one piece so i love that and it takes me um back to this uh i i had a post about some language that I was going through my head and I changed the script on it when I was going through some dance. And it reminds me of Paul Cech's uh, Moo meditation, Mm. which I I imagine you're familiar with, Mm -hmm. right? But for those of you listening, essentially someone is guiding a group where, or it could be like a recording and you hear Moo and then somebody else says Moo or you say Moo back, right? And so it's like Moo. Moo, 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 moo. So you you repeat what that one that one person is saying, and in this case, you can find the moo meditation and listen to Paul check to it. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, there's no association there." And he's he's, I'm not going to call Paul wrong here, but I mean, <laughs> a lot of people will think of a cow, right? Yeah. So. So this woman commented and she's like, <laughs> when I see, when I see her and, and how she talks about this stuff, it's like, okay, I see the track I'm on <laughs> and she's like way yes. deep into it. Right. And so she's like, uh, there is no mantra here. The mantra is blah, 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 blah. Like to clear the mind of the words because words are so loaded and can be very powerful. And, and it's such a, we're going into the words here. Awesome. It's a system that we are attuned to. And if it's fucking with us, right, our words are fucking with us or the programming that we're taking in the, the information diet that we're taking in, then yeah, like, let's address that. Okay. Let's address the self-talk. What's the narrative going through the head. It's massive, but all the words are there is to get to that deeper level of let's say symbols mm. and then to that deeper level of emotions. So this whole, this whole word game, the language game, incredibly powerful. It's how we communicate. It's the system that we run on. Mm. So we got to hack it for ourselves. Absolutely. It's, if we get stuck at the words though, we're playing that fucking game that, you know, language was, you know, I don't, <laughs> I've heard this from a few different sources that the English language was created to enslave people, right? Yes. Um, If that is true, well, then we're playing that fucking game, right? Yes. So if we can use our language to drive, let's say, get more accuracy on symbols, which say a lot more in terms of communication, and then ultimately drive it to the deeper communication of emotions, then we can move through that shit, which I really view movement 
right? And emotions are a form of movement as well. But movement is that that OG form of communication and specifically dance, right? How do species live? How do they how do they continue to reproduce? They dance to uh mating dances. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, you know, there's a lot of cool levels to the whole movement uh, as uh, as a language, and then dance just adds this incredible ability to connect to uh, frequency and then connect to one's own personality and unique rhythm. Uh, because I've been doing a lot more structured dance of late. You know, that's been what's called me, and because I've just been a big time flowy dancer, right? And then, but. I've been like, wow, this, okay, the the combination of these two, oh man, this is going to be some crazy shit that, mm-hmm. that, I, that I'm going to get my brain going with, you know? And so it's uh, to, to go into another form of language in that sense is, is incredible. What I've noticed is that everybody can be doing the same step, the same thing. It's going to look a little different. Everybody's got their own unique flavor their own unique twist, their own groove and embrace it, you know? So that's uh, to cap things on, on the dance stuff right here. in, in terms of what I help men with is <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people want to look cool on the dance floor. Let's go back one more step, right? Some people can't get on, on the dance floor. So there's a lot of men out there that are like, man, I wish I could get out there, but I can't. So that stage is where a lot of people, a lot of men get hung up. Yeah, limiting Stage belief two is, <laughs> Exactly. Stage two is I want to look cool. Oh yeah, I want to I want to be the center of attention. I want to do all this shit and and look cool and send it and and at a certain point again that's like more of the modality aspect where it's like okay, I want to I want to feel cool out there. I want to feel sexy, right? And so that is really where I take people, where I take mm. men is getting them to feel cool, getting them to feel sexy on the dance floor. And the steps, like I said, doesn't matter. Give me the simplest shit and you'll be able to feel your personality, feel your groove. And the cool thing is when you're feeling cool, you're feeling sexy. Well, it shows on the outside too. You're going to look cool. You're going to look sexy. And it's as simple as that. You know, I take people through a lot of flow exercises, a lot of this archetypal stuff, emotional stuff that allows them to feel more into the dance. And then I take them through structured stuff, giving them some more skills, some things that they're going to be able to formulate transitions around and give them things that are more of those party tricks. Right. Mm. Uh, And the combination of those two is absolutely lethal (laughs) in the best possible way. Lethal in terms of the energy that's going to beam through your body. So yeah, man. Dude, you know what I love about that too is that men that feel cool and sexy are men that are actually able to enter what I call mature masculinity, right? They're less likely to react. They're more likely to respond. They're less likely to feel the need to get overly drunk to make up for their lack of self-confidence, right? Like you're teaching them something that then can apply to their business. They're more likely to do good in business. They're more likely to have more powerful and deeper connections. They're more likely to do better in their relationships, both romantic and platonic. They're more supportive to those around them because when you feel good in your body and in your mind and spirit as well, when you have a positive self-image, right, which a lot of times, especially for me, comes from being able to express myself in ways that I feel are conducive to how I want to express myself, right? That, that how like my unique personality wants to express itself. When you're able to do that, you know, I mean, the whole game is self-image, right? This whole entire life, if you could boil it down to two words, it'd be self-image. How do you feel about yourself? Period, right? Like, and all of the things you've been talking about when it comes to dance, when it comes to movement, when it comes to the different identities, right? All of it comes down to, are you okay with it or are you not, right? And in my own experience, I'll speak from that. I imagine some people listening will agree. In my own experience, when I've had a negative self-image in any sort of way, it's because I'm telling myself that I can't, couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't, don't, those types of things. Oh, I can't go on the dance floor and dance. Why not, right? You can literally get on the dance floor and move your feet in some way so you can dance. So why do I feel I can't dance? Well, what I actually mean there, what I meant there when I was telling myself this is that 
oh, I don't feel I'm going to look cool in the dance floor, right? And then that actually became, oh, I don't feel I'm going to look cool for me, right? Because really, if I thought I looked cool, what would it matter what anyone else thought, right? And so what you're doing is you're able to teach men through a backdoor some of the most powerful lessons, and they come as a result of doing something fun. And that's where I feel the best programs that I've been a part of have interwoven, right? They do something fun. That's what we do in Connect with Cannabis, right? We, we say all the time, we have the most fun homework on the internet, right? And so like we joke about <laughs> all these things and we keep it light, but the back door is actually how to become a conscious leader with the healing power of cannabis. And for you, you're teaching men to dance better, right? That's what you're selling. But like the huge value is actually like, oh, I'm going to help your whole self-image be better. I'm going to help you be a better partner. I'm going to help you be a better friend. I'm going to help you have more success in business all because you now feel more confident in your own skin, period. And I think that is such a powerful thing. And what I believe is that the best programs tell a story, right? And so like the program that you made, Disco for Dudes, right? What I see that and what you do with the, the hacky sack as well is you're teaching men to revamp their story, right? Like, and, and I say it differently than like story work necessarily, but like, hey, make your story of life more exciting, right? Like if great spirit is down for whatever, right? Then I would imagine the great spirit would much rather have a fun journey than one that sat in a cubicle telling yourself why you can't, couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't, and you have to wear khakis, right? Not dissing anyone who decides to wear khakis as long as you want them, right? But what I'm saying is, you know, what I see in your program is such a powerful ability to help men become authentically men, right? Because we hear these terms like toxic masculinity, which I don't believe exists. I believe it's just immature masculinity and all these things. But why are we seeing that, right? Well, it's because men don't have rites of passage anymore as a, as a society, right? Especially in Western culture. And what is one of the biggest rites of passage in the millennia? It's dancing around fires. It's dancing with other people. It's chanting, it's shouting, it's, you know, using words, right? All of the things that your program encompasses. And so I absolutely love that, man. And there's so much, I mean, like we could go on forever in terms of the deeper spiritual meaning of like what dance is and, you know, how to get into that. But we'll save it for round three, because honestly, like <laughs> this has been so amazing, man. And I'm just curious, you know, for everyone listening, who's ready to hit buy now, where can they find you? Where can they connect with you? Do you have a date for the next program launch? No worries if you don't, but I want to give you a chance to drop anything and everything you got going on. So people know where to find you and how to connect with you. Yeah, brother. Well, thanks for just dropping all that. I mean, yeah. well said. I mean, it's uh, it certainly has been a a blessing to really see the magnitude of the impact of this, and uh, you know, at the same time, stay grounded in in what people want and how to market that. And it's just like, yeah. But you articulated it really well. I, I'm excited to listen back to this because there's some good, uh, there's some good marketing content in there. <laughs> yes. Dude, you can tell we're both writing programs because I'm constantly thinking the same thing. Like Alex and I had a meeting earlier and we're constantly in like marketing mode. So dude, we're on the same page. <laughs> but yeah, uh, in terms of uh, where you can find me on Instagram, I've got two Instagrams, Grant S. Thomas, no spaces, just all one word. That's the main one right there. You can find me there. And I got, uh, I was just posting a bunch of footbag content, some hacky sack content on, uh, <laughs> on my Instagram. So I decided to make a, a, a new one called footbag man, all one word right there. <laughs> if you want to see, uh, you know, my progress with the hacky sack and the next class of disco for dudes discovery for dudes as well, right there is, uh, uh, open registration right now uh, through October 31st. I've just been pretty much under the radar. I haven't been doing a lot of marketing for it, just contacting men who who have expressed interest. And I only got four spots remaining right there. So if you are interested, hit me up on Instagram. I'll run you through uh, a call. We can, we can address uh, what your needs are and if this is a good fit for you. And uh, let's boogie. I mean, this is some fun shit. You're going to get some really tangible skills that translate to some stuff you do on your own with your partner at parties, whatever, you know, and uh, it's very, very transformational as well. When you start to dance on a more regular basis, just simply that, just that action. Right. And then footbag for life. That program is launching on my 30th birthday, which is October 22nd. So yeah, it's uh structured for eight weeks, but it's definitely something that you take at your own time frame. And I'm just going to run you through 
everything that has been beneficial for me to to cultivate a, a practice. And this is very much aimed at the beginner and very much works for anybody that has played before as well. Uh, there's a, a lot of skillful players out there uh, that it, when you go deep into the, the footbag uh, world, and there's just not a lot of content out there that supports people in just learning the basics and having this be something that you can do by yourself for movement and play and, and do with your friends and cultivate mm. some amazing community. And, and, oh my God, the, the emotions, the laughs, the frustration and the success and failure that you experienced during all that talk about some crazy fucking growth bundled up in this tiny little bag of sand. So <laughs> yeah, that's where you can find me. I got a YouTube channel as well crafting that up uh you can just search grant s thomas and uh i think that's it right there hell yeah man dude that's awesome and you know one thing that came up for me too and this might help you but also that's extremely accurate for everyone listening i mean for all you men listening sex is movement right so you get better Mm -hmm. movement guess what else could improve as well right so i'll leave that you know (laughs) for anyone listening and uh you know, Grant, I know I've already asked you the original last question that I ask everyone. So I'm going to change it up <laughs> for you a little bit, right? So sure. if someone listening could only change one thing to highly optimize their movement practice, what would Grant S. Thomas suggest that change be? Last time I struggled with answering this question in so many <laughs> different directions. I mean, I, I said one al- already, you know, and that is dance more regularly. I would say to put a frequency on it, dance every day and and redefine what dance is to you it could be cooking swaying side to side right but just simply give yourself the opportunity to feel into that and this one's more personal to me right but well i'll make it more uh general here do some shit that you care about Mm. like everything else will follow if you truly care about it uh for me that's really become dance and different rhythmic practices and locomotion and then footbag. I mean, if it doesn't support me getting better in those things, and of course identity can change, right? But I don't give a fuck about it. Right? Yeah. So <laughs> like I know <laughs> I know so many of the thing, like people be like, oh what? But like I'll I'll make sure that there's, you know, in terms of like structure of my body and and core and joint mobility, all this stuff is very beneficial for that. It's not like I'm just playing footbag all day long and dancing all day long, right? Eventually that's where I want to be, where like I have dialed in my body to that point where those become the therapy as well, right? Those become the physical therapy, but get some shit that you care about because you're going to be curious about it. Uh, You're going to show up to it with the beginner mindset and completely destroy the identity of let's say and that's why i did air quotes movement expert man i'm a fucking movement beginner (laughs) i pick up shit and i fall in love with the basics and i just keep seeing those levels show or uh, as i go up in levels the basics just continue to show up in different forms and different forms right and when you're curious about the stuff that you care about that's what happens you continue to fall in love with the basics and you always stay in that youth, youthful beginner mindset. Dude, you know what I just got downloaded to is you become an expert the second you realize you're always a beginner. Because <laughs> when you realize that, right, that means you're going to get curious about continuing to evolve, right? When you decide you're an expert and you that, that essentially means like, oh, I'm done, right? And the second you're done, or like this is the problem too with like, you know, being called talented versus being a hard worker, right? Like, when you're talented, you know, and you're in your to- and you tell your kids or whoever that you're they're talented their whole life, eventually they don't really feel like they need to work that hard for things versus like, hey, look what you did that you put in a lot of hard work. That's amazing, right? Then it's less about the title of being an expert. And it's more like, yeah, I'm just continuing to bang every day, right? And continuing to hit the hammer and do things I love. And so I absolutely love that, man. And you know, guys, as I stated in the intro, Grant has acted as a permission slip in my own journey of movement and dance in particular to let go of the stories I had around my dancing not being quote-unquote perfect or quote-unquote structured and find the bliss in coloring outside of the lines. His mission is to help all of those he works with, whether in his programs or in his one-on-one work, to laugh at the devil that is their inner critic and give their experience of movement a full send, free of judgment. 
If you listen to this episode with Grant and I and are curious about what Grant's methods in coaching and in dance can do for your life, take action in scheduling a call with him to discover all the ways you can up-level your ability to express yourself today. Grant, thank you so much for hopping back onto the show to update us in your journey, for being the permission slip to my movement expression, and for putting your authentic love into everything you do. And until next time, my brother, journey well, be well. Much love over to you. Namaste. What is up, everybody? I hope you are all enjoying the show, and I wanted to stop by real quick and share a little bit about our latest podcast sponsor, Freedom Builders. Now, Freedom Builders are a team of graphic designers, website creators, videographers, social media marketing experts, and coaches that build out your custom online business from A to Z. This is a done-for-you service, which means they do the work for you while you get to put your focus back on what you love most, which is coaching your clients and bringing in sales. Now, as a former online fitness coach, Mike knows where your struggle points are and exactly how to help you overcome them. This is why he created Freedom Builders, so that you can scale your business while protecting your time and your energy. Now, you guys know that delegation is a business superpower, and you can activate this superpower today by scheduling a complimentary call with Mike at freedombuilders with a z on the end.com so you can start building the freedom that allows you to take your business to the next level. Alex and I recently connected with Freedom Builders for our Connect with Cannabis build out and we could not have been happier with the results. With Mike and his team, they were able to go through an outline and create a personalized program for our experience, develop our brand identity, build and design a custom branded webpage, professionally edit our program video content, custom design all of our slide presentations, automate our email marketing sequences, create a seamless payment system for our offer, design unique infographics for our social media content, and guide us through our proven launch blueprint to generate organic leads through our social media. So if you're a coach, facilitator, or healer listening to this ad right now, and you are looking to put freedom back into your life, once again, go to freedombuilders, with a Z on the end, dot com, and book your complimentary call today. I hope you all enjoy the rest of the show, and I'm wishing you the best day ever.